We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, friends? Happy Wednesday! Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. As I was going through my notes and getting ready to do my full recap of practice number six. I sort of noticed that all the notes were already discussed in my quick hits recap from yesterday. And instead of just coming back and giving you a lot of the same information with maybe a couple other nuggets here or there, and basically kind of doing the same episode, if you're looking for, uh, you know, practice number six information and all the details and all the things that happened, go and listen to the quick hits episode, which really ended up being the full recap episode because there really wasn't much that happened. I will add that Daniel Whelan had another really good day uh, of punting, um, had a couple almost like 60 yard punts with good hang time again. So that continues to be a really nice punting competition. But if you want all my notes and takeaways from yesterday's practice, go back and check out that episode from yesterday that I recorded right after practice. And like I said, just didn't want to come back and basically end up doing the same episode with just a couple different things in different order. So in Instead of doing that, what I figured I would do today is start to go over this rookie class and just kind of give you a stock report through week one of training camp. And listen, it is still very early, right? This is a rookie class that I had extremely high expectations for coming out of OTAs and mini camps. I thought they looked 
fantastic during rookie minicamps, OTAs, etc., and had you know uh, really high expectations as we you know kicked off this training camp with also the understanding that these are rookies. It's going to take some time. The pads take coming on is going to take some adjustment, and there were some players missing from OTAs and minicamps at time too, right? So um, this is going to get the full training camp experience, and some of these players are going to have to go through quite the learning curve. And Luke Musgrave is such a phenomenal example of this. Is somebody that I have told you, you know, person to person here on the podcast of like, my expectations for Musgrave are like here and the talent and the height, the size, the speed, all of it is just so clearly evident. But even my, like I had to temper my own expectations because I know tight ends and rookies that just takes them time and different players have different breakout ages. You just don't know what's going to happen once the pads come on. So still very early. We haven't had family night, preseason games, et cetera. But like I said, I had super high expectations for this group. So I'd figure I would go over exactly where this rookie class is as of right now, who's impressed, who's maybe still kind of learning the system and, and the ins and outs of playing in the NFL. But no better way to start than with Lucas Van Ness, who I think the best thing you can say about him so far, and I don't think this should be taken lightly, is he has gone from third team to second team to first team in basically one week of training camp. Now, to be clear, if Rashawn Gary was healthy, he would not be on first team, right? That would be Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, and then probably Enigbare and LVN as your number twos, and then Hollins and maybe Brenton Cox as your threes, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think it's important that he has taken that incremental step from third team to second team to first team already. We haven't seen those wow plays from LVN yet. There hasn't been this like incredible, like, oh my goodness, he just took an offensive tackle and went right around him and had an incredible sack or whatever the case may be. He did have the awesome play against Josiah DeGuaro where he threw him into the backfield and showed off what he's capable of doing from a strength and athleticism standpoint. But we haven't seen some of the big sacks that I think will absolutely come as he continues to get more comfortable at edge. Everything is there. The size, the speed, the athleticism, the determination, the work ethic. I've been nothing but impressed with all of that. It just hasn't necessarily equated to some of those big plays on the field. And now as he is the number one, at, you know, at least a starting edge rusher, guess who he's going against at left tackle? right? David Bakhtiari. So that's not going to make anything any easier for LVN either. So he's had some tough matchups, but he is getting better every single day. He's been stout against the run and really his ability as a run defender is far ahead of what I expected it to be at this point. He's already shown the propensity to chase down run plays from behind. As I mentioned, he shoved Josiah DeGuar into the backfield to stop kind of a a read option slash play action play uh, from Jordan Love. And while he hasn't had those big time sacks yet, I wholeheartedly believe that they are coming. And I have a ton of confidence in LVN. He's going to make an impact this season. He can play outside, he can play inside. And like I said, when you're already holding up against the run, that's going to give you more opportunities to get on the field. I expect very high things from LVN. And the fact that he's moved from third team to first team already probably gives you all you need to know about his potential on this season. All right, next up is Luke Musgrave. And yes, I do think he is still going through the learning curve a little bit. I don't think we've seen peak Musgrave. Now, on the very first day of camp, he beats um, uh, uh, Corey Ballantyne on a, a deep ball. And it's just unfortunate that Jordan Love ultimately underthrew it a little bit and it didn't get to him. And yes, he probably should have done a little bit of a better job of coming back to that ball and trying to make it a more of a contested catch type situation. Uh, but that's something that Musgrave will learn. We've seen him used in unique ways as a big wide receiver on the outside, coming in motion and running some underneath routes. That's exciting. We've seen him a little bit on a little bit of a dump off yesterday in practice that was kind of set up that way and love bought time and then had Musgrave and a little check down and 
I think the thing that's really fun is there would be those plays to Robert Tunyon or Mercedes Lewis in the flat, and you would get there, and like they, as soon as they caught it, like they just didn't have the juice after the catch to do anything with it. And now the Packers legitimately have a tight end in Musgrave who, if he gets the ball in his hands, he has the speed to make some things happen. And, and it's I think that's extremely exciting and is going to be used as a weapon. On Tuesday, we saw him catch uh, a touchdown in red zone drills and just kind of drifted open and was able to find space. And just his size is just going to be a difference maker down in that red zone. So we've seen some of that. He's had some drops. He's had some plays where I know he would like to have back. Um, he did have a really nice run block against Kenny Clark, but he's had some plays where he's gotten thrown around in the backfield, both in pass protection and run blocking as well. So he is still putting everything together. All the attributes are there. Some of the flash plays are definitely there as well, but it's going to take some time for Luke Musgrave to really become a overall well-rounded tight end. In the meantime, I can guarantee you Matt LaFleur is going to find unique ways to utilize him within this offense. All right. The second, second round pick was Jaden Reed. And to me, he's made the biggest jump from OTAs and mini camps into training camp. The speed is clearly evident. He's got playmaking ability, run after the catch ability. And I think that's one of my favorite things. As you can see, he knows he's got a little bit of that Randall Cobb, like early Randall Cobb to him and a little bit of that early or not even early, but like prime Donald driver to him where he gets the ball and immediately like has the spider sense of like, oh, somebody's around me and I need to make a cut or a juke. And I know exactly where to go and where they're going to go. Like he's got a little bit of that, which I think is super exciting. He's been really effective on some deep crossing plays. Some of them have got to him. Some of them have not just some um, inaccurate throws from time to time, but he's shown the ability to get open deep. The end arounds have looked fantastic. They finally have a real speed player who can run those plays, which is super exciting. Obviously, Christian Watson, when he has done it as well, but I'm saying more of like in that slot type position, that gadget type player where Amari struggled with that in the, over the last couple of seasons. Jaden Reed, certainly capable of doing that. And I think this is a player that has the ability to win on all levels of the field, short, intermediate, and deep. And he showed off the short and the deep already. And I think the intermediate is going to continue to come. He has had a couple of contested drops, one in the two minute drill the other day. He had one in red zone and both of these were not easy. The one in two minute hit him in the hands, should have been caught, was difficult, degree of difficulty was high, but I guarantee you he would tell you he should have had it. And the red zone play, and again, another contested catch, it was a bullet from Jordan Love, not much room for error, but again, I guarantee you he would tell you that he should have made that play as well. Um, but he is coming along nicely. He's been worked in with the kick returners and the punt returners. We expect that to be Keyshawn Nixon, but I wouldn't be shocked if Jaden Reed got some legitimate punt return opportunities, maybe just to take a little bit of something off of Keyshawn Nixon's plate. But I'm I'm impressed with Jaden Reed. And, and really, like I said, I think he's made the biggest jump from OTAs and mini camps to training camp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Tucker Craft, he's been splitting time between the A group and the B group. He has worked a little bit with the ones. They've opened with some two tight end sets with Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft on the field at the same time. I would argue that he hasn't really made his presence felt quite yet. And I do think that there is still a lot uh, to be desired out of Tucker Craft, just because I think he's a super talented player. He's still learning as a blocker. We haven't seen the separation ability quite yet from Tucker Craft as a pass catcher. We have seen him make a couple contested catch plays, which is nice to see, but I'm waiting to see just a little bit more. It's been a little bit too nondescript. He did have the injury in practice and then was able to make it back the next day, which you love to see. So a long way to go, uh, but I'm hoping to see a little bit more from Tucker Craft moving forward through the remainder of this training camp. All right, next is Colby Wooden, fourth round pick. He's got a really impressive first step. He's been able to penetrate into the backfield on a couple different occasions, has made a couple sacks slash pressures, no major issues in the run game, which is going to be the big question for him coming into this league. He's basically been running as defensive lineman number four between Clark and Wyatt and uh, Slayton so far. He did get shut out by Sean Ryan in one-on-one reps. In fact, five of them on Tuesday's practice. So he's going to have to continue to work on that. But life is not about one-on-ones. It's about what you do in team activities. He's been pretty good in those team activities. And right now I expect him to have a legitimate rotational spot uh, with this defense, probably playing somewhere around 20-ish snaps per game. And so far, like I said, I've been impressed with him and he's shown the propensity to penetrate into the backfield and make some plays and some disruptions as well. Sean Clifford, Fifth round pick. This hasn't been super sexy uh, for Sean Clifford so far. He's airmailed some easy throws. He's had a couple nice moments. He's shown off his mobility, a couple nice connections with Bo Melton. As mentioned, uh, the the overthrows have been a little bit of an issue at times. He seems to have a decent grasp of the offense, but he needs to do a better job of moving the team. Now he's got a lot of young players surrounding him, which is going to affect that as well. He's primarily been working as QB3 behind Danny Etling. And I was hoping for just a little bit more. I liked what I saw in OTAs and mini camps. And like I said, there's been a play here or there, but these backup quarterbacks have really struggled to move the ball. And I really want to see just a little bit more from Sean Clifford. Again, super early, uh, but that's been a little bit of an issue so far. Dontavian Wicks, their second, fifth round pick. He had an awesome block on day one to spring a big run play uh, against Rudy Ford. I loved how he's looked as a route runner when he has been out there, but a concussion uh, after the first day of practice has kept him out and we haven't been able to see him since. So a little bit more of an incomplete that day one was looking really promising and then we haven't seen him since. So just not sure what else we can really say about him at this point. Carl Brooks had a really impressive day on Monday, multiple pressures and disruptions, had a batted ball at the line of scrimmage. I think he moves incredibly well for his size, more of an interior pass rush type. He likes penetrating, getting into the backfield. Overall, I think this has been a really nice six round pick, shown some real signs of promise. As I mentioned in the past, I think he could potentially work a little bit on the edge as a big run defender as well. We haven't seen that quite yet, but they have moved him around on the interior of that defensive line. And right now he is the leader in the clubhouse for that fifth defensive line position. Their second six-round pick was Anders Carlson. Started camp OTA's minicamp strong, and then things hit the fan a little bit. He is now 12 of 20, kicking field goals 60%. A little bit of a tough streak right now. Doesn't seem to have the confidence. He's got a great leg, but the accuracy is an issue, and that has been his issue basically throughout his career in college as well. 
great leg, but hasn't been consistent kicking the ball. Missed a 38-yarder to kick off practice uh, or to, you know, to kick off the field goal. Um you know, portion of practice. And it just, it needs to be better from Anders Carlson right now. I love the talent. I love the upside. And for those saying like bring in Mason Crosby, I think we're a little bit premature and ahead of ourselves at this point, but he certainly needs to show improvement in 12 of 20 is not good enough in any capacity. 7A is Carrington Valentine, and he's arguably the best performer of the rookies so far. He had the pick six the other day at practice, a PBU versus Christian Watson. He had a PBU today in red zone activities, played really well in OTAs and mini camps, specifically against Romeo Dobbs on a couple different plays. I asked Matt LaFleur about him on, on Tuesday, and he had high praise, saying that he's very, very talented. He did get toasted by Bo Melton on Tuesday, so that was his first uh, sort of big um hiccup in training camp. And I'm sure that's something he can learn from. It was a, a a huge blitz. And I'm sure Valentine was expecting something short and immediate because you usually don't have the time to throw downfield if you're bringing a lot of pressure. The offense picked it up. Valentine got beat deep by Bo Melton. And I'm sure that's something that Valentine's going to uh, work past and learn from. But he really, really looks the part so far. And I don't know what that equates to. Probably your cornerback number five, You've got Jair, you've got uh, Stokes when he's healthy, you've got Razul, you've got Nixon, and then it's probably Valentine, but I've been really, really impressed with what I saw. He is he has the right body type, the right length, the right speed, the click and close. He's, his hips are pretty good. He's got the confidence and the swagger. I, I've really, really enjoyed watching Carrington Valentine so far. 7B, Lou Nichols. Man, when he runs inside, he can do some really fun stuff. He runs behind his pads incredibly well. He had a stiff arm on an outside or on an inside run that went outside and he bounced it out. He stiff armed Keandre Thomas into oblivion on Tuesday, which was a really fun play. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot of that playmaking and explosive uh, play ability, and he's had really just stone hands so far as a pass catcher. So when he runs inside, he's got good wiggle, good size, runs behind his pads, can run over some people, run through some people, and that's really exciting. But the other stuff has been a major work in progress so far. All right, 7C, or their third seventh round pick was Anthony Johnson Jr. Maybe the most nondescript training camp of any of the Packers draft picks. Honestly, haven't really seen anything good, bad, or ugly. He had a couple of really nice uh, fills in the run game that I noticed. Um, that's going to help him moving forward. Did get bested a couple times in one-on-ones. But right now, the only other thing I can say is that he hasn't really shown any propensity to be anywhere near the starting rotation and all the different rotations that they've used at safety. So he has a ways to go. But um, like I said, maybe the most nondescript. Haven't seen much good, bad, or ugly from Anthony Johnson Jr. And um, maybe I just need to do a better job of keeping a closer eye on him. Uh, but so far, not not much to, to note for AJJ. All right, Grant Dubose, 7D, has not practiced in OTAs, mini camps, rookie mini camps, or training camps. So he is a big incomplete at the moment. Two big undrafted free agents that I'll go over. Bretton Cox had a couple batted down passes, has, hold, or has held up pretty well at the point of attack in the run game, has had a couple pressures, no major standout plays, but I think there's still a, a lot of um, meat on that bone, and I think he continues to progress and get better. And I think I think Green Bay found a draftable player in undrafted free agent. Like I think if you were redoing things, he'd probably be more of like a fifth or sixth round pick, and the fact that they got him on undrafted free agency is a plus. He just need, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, he needs to continue to hold up and uh, show what he's capable of doing. I think the release of Jonathan Garvin is going to open some things up for him and potentially give him an opportunity to make the team, uh, but want to see a little bit more from him, but still, I would say a net positive so far for Brenton Cox. Malik Keith, kind of the opposite of Jaden Reed. 
Jaden Reed didn't do much in OTAs and minicamp. Uh, he's looked great in training camp. Malik Heath looked great in OTAs and minicamps. Hasn't done much in training camp so far. Some ups and downs. He had uh, like three catches, I, I want to say, in like the two-minute drill on Tuesday. So doing some good possession work stuff. But I do think he's taken a little bit of a step back. He had a, a couple plays with Danny Etling on, it was sometime last week, where like you did that little um, run solution where they threw it to the backside and Heath was nowhere to be found. He just blocked on the play. Etling got after him a little bit after the play. And then they came back to that same thing and then he dropped that one. So you can tell he's going through it a little bit right now. But again, he had a few nice catches in Tuesday's practice. He's had plenty of time to work with the ones already. So this is something that they they certainly see some promise and potential in him. Right now, I see him a little bit maybe more as a practice squad guy, but it wouldn't shock me if he ultimately made the 53-man roster either. Overall, I, I like Malik Heath, but um, want to see him get back to the way he was playing with confidence in OTAs and mini camps, and not quite what I've seen in training camp so far. Just a little bit of a, a drop off from what we saw earlier. But I do think there's some real legitimate skill there as a possession receiver over the middle. Some other quick ones, Henry Pearson, we're finally starting to see in that real legitimate fullback role. He got some time with the ones on Tuesday's practice, so we'll see what that equates to and if he continues to get more opportunities with that. Deuce Watts had a really nice catch in the two-minute drill over the middle of the field. We'll see if he can start stacking some things together. Cody Crest, since coming into camp, has made some really impressive catches, had a one-handed catch the other day in individuals, had a ridiculous one-handed catch in the one-on-ones in the red zone period on Tuesday's practice, also caught a batted ball that was batted up and like going everywhere and he found a way to come down with it. So a couple impressive plays from Crest so far. Um, Emmanuel Wilson, kind of like Lou Nichols, when he's running inside, a little bit of wiggle, can run over some people, um, has got some really good size and strength. So excited to see what he can do in preseason. Keyshawn Banks and Jimmy Phillips, for the first time I saw them make a couple plays on Tuesday. So we'll see if they can continue to, to keep that up and again, stack success day after day in camp. And then Broughton Hatcher continues to be in the mix as a long snapper as well. If I were to rank the the 15 rookies uh, that were drafted, plus Brenton Cox and Malik Heath, the two primary undrafted free agents, I would put Grant DuBose as an incomplete at 15, Dontavian Wicks as a semi-incomplete at 14, Anders Carlson at 13 for his struggles so far, Lou Nichols at 12, good in between tackles, hasn't been much, uh, hasn't been good at much else, I guess I'll say at this point. Anthony Johnson Jr., mostly just nondescript at number 11, Sean Clifford, couple nice plays, but has struggled to move the team in the two-minute drills and the red zone and those sort of things. So I'd put him at 10. Tucker Craft at nine just hasn't shown much so far. Talent is there, but hasn't been able to put it together in the team activities. Eight, Brenton Cox. Seven, Malik Heath. Ups and downs, good and bad, what you sort of would expect from undrafted free agents. Then tied for fifth, uh, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks. Both of them disruptive, getting into the backfield, couple pressures here and there. Just want to see a little bit more consistency. Number four, Luke Musgrave, all the talent, uh, but still learning as a blocker, still trying to figure out how to separate and you know just improve as a route runner. But again, all the talent is there. Number three, Lucas Van Ness, same thing, right? All the talent, just working on his craft and figuring out ways to beat one of the best left tackles in football. 
Number two, I would say Jaden Reed really has made a step, some explosive plays on end arounds deep down the field. Needs to hang on to some of those contested catches a little bit more, but excited with what I've seen from Jaden Reed in training camp so far. And then number one, just as we all expected, Carrington Valentine, seventh round pick, did allow that big explosive to Bo Melton, but outside of that, has been really, really good, batting everything away, pick six, just everything you could possibly want from a seventh round corner. Excited about his play so far. That is going to do it for me today. Hope you enjoyed this rookie recap episode. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new show. You're not going to want to miss it, so make sure to subscribe. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.